At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw coming to you from the Circus Studio here in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. It's Friday of Divisional Weekend in the NFL, and we've got a huge show for you. At the risk of sounding like the boy who cried wolf, in 30 minutes, we're going to have Sean King, former Super Bowl champion with the Buccaneers, All-American at Tulane, uh, and host of the wildly popular Nightcap here on this network, Amal. I'm thrilled. Amal, I know I wanted to get your juices flowing right at the top of the show here, so let's attack props on divisional games. Jesus, man. I thought you were going to say we're going to take the rest of the day off. No, no, we're not. But we do have some college basketball to get to in the next segment, Some. Two good Big Ten matchups tonight. Perhaps there's an angle on one of the games. Let's start out with the first game from Nashville tomorrow. The one seed, the Tennessee Titans, taking on the four seed Cincinnati Bengals, the champions of the AFC South versus the champions of the AFC North. I'm all this line pretty steady at three and a half. We saw some places touch four in favor of the Titans yesterday. But across the board, the, the <clears throat> consensus is three and a half on this game. Total at 47 and a half. I want to talk to you before the prop here about the total in this game. Because you hinted to me that maybe you were looking at the over. Uh, weather in Nashville tomorrow, it kicks expected to be in the mid-30s. Well, I'm not going to play the over. I have a side in this game, and we'll get into it a little bit later on. But uh, I just thought this is one where potentially with both of these teams offensively, with Derek Henry back in the mix, I thought there might be a situation where you could see this game get over this total. Uh, 47, excuse me, 47 and a half the current total, 28-20, I mean, you know, that's a strong possibility of occurring in this game with these two teams. Yeah, the one thing here I would caution over players is they're two of the slowest-paced teams in terms of snaps per game. Both these teams take the clock under 10 before they snap the ball. That's a great point you bring up, and I think it's something to factor in if you're going to be looking at betting this game over the total. I do think that we could see a couple of explosive plays, whether it be in the running game for Tennessee or through the air with A.J. Brown, maybe even Julio Jones. And then, of course, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins on the other side. Those two guys are capable of big plays themselves. Now, that being said, and we both have tremendous respect for Mike Vrabel as a game coach, yeah. Tennessee will go hurry up at times if they think there's an advantage. Well, yeah, especially if the offense gets stagnant a little bit, they'll mix it up. They do a great job of that. But you're right. Uh, Vrabel is the best, I think, in the NFL, including Harbaugh and Belichick, in terms of managing the game. I, I don't think anybody is better than him. All right, let's take a look at the two quarterbacks, Joe Burrow and Ryan Tannehill, in terms of their props. Let's start with Joe Burrow passing yards over under a mall set at 277 and a half. 
Ah, uh, boy, that's a good number. I mean, look, if, you, if you're like me and you believe Cincinnati could be trailing in this game, I think it's one you might look at the over. Yeah, the reason why I always bring that up on a team trailing is because let's say you're down 10 points or you're down seven, you can still pick up 40, 50 yards. That's a large amount that could get you over that total if you believe a team is going to be trailing in the game. You know, Brady threw for over 400 yards at SoFi in week three. Why? Because they were down the whole game, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. it, you make a great point about that. On the other side, Ryan Tannehill is set at 237 and a half. Amal, earlier in the year, you said there were 18 quarterbacks in the league or not yet to be drafted better than Ryan Tannehill. Do you stand by that? I'm going to uh, amend that statement to probably about 15. <laughs> no, um, you know, I, you Some know, of the you, draft picks haven't panned out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, But I like Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh, yeah. so we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I would go towards the over here. I think this mm-hmm. team does a nice job of throwing the ball at times. And the play action with Henry, if he's back and he's really going like Derrick Henry, could be really impactful against this Bengals team. Uh, that at times, Hendrickson's going to play for them, which is huge in terms of the pass rush. But I think this is a terrific Tennessee offensive line. Uh, Tannehill would lean towards the over there on that 237.5. What's your sense of how much of the Derrick Henry we knew before the injury that we're going to get on this weekend? He was asked by a reporter yesterday, what's the difference between now and earlier in the year? He said, well, earlier in the year, I didn't have a metal, pu- a metal plate in my foot. You know, it really comes down to more mental. Does he feel comfortable planting, cutting, and moving off of that foot? If he does, I think he'll be just fine. I will say this, Mike. I think he has a little bit of an advantage, maybe not in the early part of the game, but as the game progresses. Remember, everybody's been playing for the last eight, nine weeks. He has been on a bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, that helps you as as a battering ram that he is. And you remember one thing with Tennessee we see as the game progresses. He becomes more and more difficult to slow down. I can't remember any running back that has the long runs that he does, in particularly in the fourth quarter. We talked about before the year, or earlier in the year before the injury, Tennessee is probably the only team in the league that on first and goal from the seven, you know they can just run it three times and they're going to get in. Absolutely. I'll tell you, with the, with the way Henry is back there, I, I would use those four uh, full four downs mm-hmm. because this guy's so tough to stop. And I think it's going to make a huge difference in this team as a whole. All right, back to Burrow. Uh, passing touchdowns for he and Tannehill are both set at one and a half over under, but the juice much different. Over favored in, fa- uh, in Burrow's case Two or more touchdowns, you got to lay 180. If you think he's going to throw one or none, you can get plus 135. On the flip side, Tannehill, plus 110 for two or more, minus 145 for one or less. Um, you know, I think Burrow gets over the number. I just don't want to lay 180. Um, Tannehill, I think, has got a chance to get over that I, as well. I kind of like the plus 110 on yeah, the over Yeah, so do here. I. Because they do run a lot of play action when they get around the 15, 20-yard line. Well, not only that, the other thing is even if you have the ball, as you alluded to, at the 7-yard line, you know, you can give a great play action with uh, Derrick Henry and you've got a great opportunity. All right, and then and finally, rushing yards for Burrow and Tannehill. Uh, Joe Burrow said at 8.5, juice just slightly to the over. Tannehill at 13.5, pick him. Um, I think Tannehill's got a greater chance. Remember, this is a guy who was a wide receiver in college, so him taking a hit is not a problem. By the way, uh, on the graphic, it says INTs. I was like, well, I'll take the under 8.5 and, and under 13.5 and on the INTs. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's one, another one of those prices, though. Heavy prices. <laughs> heavy prices from, uh, from DraftKings. No real strong play here on, on the rushing totals for either of these guys. All right, let's move to the second game no. on Saturday. That's going to be at Lambeau tomorrow night. Uh, between the 49ers, who were the only road team to win in the divisional round, winning at, at Jerry World against the Cowboys and the Packers. Uh, this game played out earlier in the year in... Uh, San Francisco, where Green Bay rallied to kick a last-second field goal to win 30-28. to Rodgers, 0-3 in the playoffs. 
against the 49ers. This number we saw tick down from six to five and a half yesterday with a total also at 47. Let's take a look at the uh, QB props here, uh, Rodgers and Jimmy G. Passing yards over under for Aaron Rodgers, 261 and a half of all. You know, look, I, I haven't really studied Rodgers' numbers to be able to make a definitive statement either way. I don't get involved in these props. Generally, I like the ones that were generally rushing totals if I see an advantage. I don't see one way or the other here with these two teams. I think San Francisco can completely keep him in check. And then if you go back to that game on Sunday Night Football, remember, all of a sudden he hits two pass plays and he picks up about 50 yards. So if San Francisco is going to win this football game, I think Rodgers has to go over the total. Okay. Jimmy G said at 232 and a half. Um, I, I don't know. I would go under. All right. There you go. I like I, it. I just, I, I just think that they're going to really concentrate on running. Look, if Kevin Stefanski wouldn't have got so stubborn to think that Baker Mayfield had to throw the ball, they were gashing them in that game. They averaged seven yards a rush. Green Bay is a bottom-tier rush defense. Overall, defensively, they're strong, but they're not stout against the run. I really believe Kyle Shanahan will attack them on the ground the great majority of this game. Yeah, but I think if you're Green Bay, you're going to sit there and say, listen, we got to put an extra defender in the box. We do so, and we take our chance with Jimmy Garoppolo beating us. Because I think at some point in time during the game, we saw it last week and we've seen throughout the course of the season, he will make a crucial mistake that will be the difference in this team moving on or going home. Uh, in terms of passing touchdowns, Rodgers set at a high two and a half. If you think he throws three or more, you can get plus 160. you got to lay 215, two or less. And Jimmy G at one and a half, weighted to the under, minus 150. Um, what was Jimmy's number on the one, one and a half? One and a half plus one fifteen over one and a half minus one fifty under one and a half. Um, yeah, I, I, no play there. I, I mean, I think he could easily because you know if you you know think about this the little pop pass or the shuffle pass that they a shuffle pass that they, they throw to Debo Samuel or you know you can make it work. How about rushing yards here? I kind of like a play on this one. Rogers seven and a half. Jimmy G one and a half. Rogers seven and a half over minus one ten under minus one twenty. The opposite on Jimmy G, over one and a half yards, minus 120, under one and a half, minus 110. I'll go under on Jimmy, and I'll go over on Aaron. I like over on Aaron. Yeah, it's, He's I, an underrated I, scrambler. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, okay, I agree yeah. with you. I'm not, I don't care about this Jimmy one and a half. <laughs> I, I think that's hard to bet these one and a halves, right? And the touchdown, is it going to be two yards or, 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 or under it? Uh, let's move on to the next game. That's the game on Sunday morning um, from Tampa Bay. Rams and Buccaneers. Um, this number, you can find threes. If, you, if you're getting three, you're laying the juice. Uh, if you're laying two and a half, you're laying the juice. So depending on which side you want to go on this game, there's two and a halfs available Ooh. and there's threes available out there uh, with a total of 48 and a half. Stafford passing yards, 282 and a half, Amal. Um, I don't know. Jeez. Any questions I might be able to answer? Brady passing yards, 293 and a half. I'm going to go with under. Under, it's, it's a pick. Stafford passing touchdowns, one and a half. The over, you lay 230. The under, plus 170. Ah, such nice prices. Uh, why don't they just make a two and give a reasonable rate here? Brady in the same boat as Rodgers, two and a half set on the passing. Plus 150 on the over, minus 205 on the under. Uh, Matt Stafford off the board rushing yards. Remember, he rushed for 26 yards against Arizona. If they'd have had the prop who had more rushing yards, Kyler Murray or Stafford, you could have cashed big with Stafford, who blew him out of the water. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, Kyler Murray and company, I like the fact that you checked to see if they had a Cabana Stadium swim set up for this weekend. Maybe they, Kingsbury, not under his name. Could be under an alias. Fair Could be point. under a girlfriend's name. <laughs> These guys look like they were already on vacation. Mid-second mid, mid quarter, they were gone. I mean, 
Oh, you're an optimist. Give it until the mid second quarter. How do you throw the ball out of the end zone like this and just toss it up in the air? Seriously. And that wasn't the Lions' fault. He had six, seven seconds to throw, and he stood there and stood there and stood there. Well, I, I, I don't think he had that much time, but I. Well, four I think, and a half seconds. He, this is hyperbole. The you, you know, you're basically in the end zone. You've got to get rid of the ball quickly. You just can't make that mistake in that situation. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with author Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers with JVT, The Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at vsin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up in 20 minutes, we'll have Sean King. Up next, we preview college basketball this weekend. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge your leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties, like Spearmint, Wintergreen, or Amal's personal favorite, Citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen America's number one nicotine pouch is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back in. Odds on Mike Palm and Amal Shaw. Uh, we're going to talk some college basketball in this segment. Let's give the picks in the next segment. We can delve a little bit more into uh, explanation on the picks, and I'm sure we're going to hit the divisional games again there. Um, I want to start out at the top, though, with something that happened in Memphis last night. Uh, I liked SMU on the road getting the points. You just didn't necessarily like the play. Uh, the Mustangs won the game. I Did you catch the Penny Hardaway press conference after the game, Amal? I did. Thoughts? Well, I th- look, I understand the team's got some guys that have been out. Fine, no problem. But I thought Penny's reaction was just absolutely unnecessary. You know, he's a god in Memphis. Remember, when he played there, the Tigers, obviously, he was one of the guys that brought that program back on the map 
you got to go back way back to Keith Lee and company when they were really good, then they fell off, and then Penny being a local guy. Just completely unnecessary. And as, as a guy who has covered teams in local markets, one of the biggest problems in sports is that the credentials for these teams are issued by the team instead of, say, like the conference or in the NFL in the case of the league. And I think it changes the dynamic of how these, pl- uh, these coaches and players treat some of the media members. These people don't make a lot of money. You know what? They cover these things because they're passionate about it. They don't have the opportunity. They're not athletic enough. They may not have an opportunity to get into coaching, what have you. And for him to come out like that, I would have told him to go F himself. And you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to drop an F-bomb just in regards to it. I was, it was so out of line. It was so ridiculous. You know what? You, you're getting paid extremely well in a city that's already challenged economically. You have a lot of people that struggle in that town. And for you to sit there and uh, respond that way, I thought was absolutely ridiculous. Who has more rope? Penny in Memphis or Hubert Davis at UNC? Penny in Memphis, simply because Hubert Davis is just a cog in a huge machine mm-hmm. at what North Carolina is. I mean, North Carolina, you go back to Billy Cunningham, Larry Brown, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the great Dean Smith, and then on to uh, Roy Williams. And then, I mean, all the great guys that have played there. George Carl as a coach. And Michael Jordan, of course, just getting to mention. Worthy. I mean, there's just a plethora of great players that have come through Carolina. But the thing is, at Memphis, Penny is almost the coach is almost bigger than the program. We saw it when John Cal was there. We yeah. saw it with we see it with Dana Penny Kirk. Hardaway. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, they were very good. They were very good in the late '70s and early '80s. Then they, they fell were, off until Cal came. That's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, Penny, you know, Penny had the team going well, and they were doing well when he was there. But I, I just didn't like the reaction. I, I, I thought, look, you got to address it head on. You played in the NBA. You understand how these things work. There's going to be criticism when you're unsuccessful. And you know what? It's justified at this point in time based on the talent. When you look at the players that they have in terms of recruiting, if this were Mike Krzyzewski, if this were John Calipari or anybody else, we'd be criticizing them the same way. And, and I, I, this is local media. It's not even like it's the national media that's criticizing him. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was totally over the top. And then just the amount of profanity over and over again uh, in his press conference, I thought was uh, it was a poor look for the school. It was a poor look for him as well. Uh, you know, I think the Big Ten Conference under Jim Delaney and now under Kevin Warren has done a great job and as opposed to the Pac-12 with media and they're really trying to own Friday nights. They've done it yeah. with football. And now here we get a great doubleheader on Friday night in college basketball. Yeah, you mentioned it. I know we're going to get into both games yeah. here in just a second. But, you know, I was surprised, Mike, when I saw this matchup at the mm-hmm. Kohl Center tonight between Wisconsin mm-hmm. and Michigan State. I mean, you got a top 15 matchup with these two teams. Yeah, eight against 14. This is a battle at the top of the Big Ten. Michigan State comes in ranked 14th. They suffered their first conference loss at home in the Breslin Center over the weekend to Northwestern. was a big upset. They come in at 14-3, and 5-1. and one. Wisconsin has just played terrific this year. 15-2, and 6-1 in conference and come in ranked number 8. This game is the second game of the doubleheader on FS1 from the Cole Center. Uh, Wisconsin here from 4 on the overnight down to 2.5. We're seeing Spartan money uh, with a total amount of 139.5. I'm a little bit surprised, uh, just simply because how well Wisconsin plays at the Kohl Center. This team is dominant there. Wall is questionable in this game, injured his ankle in the last game, so keep an eye on that, the big man uh, for Wisconsin there. But Johnny Davis is arguably the Big Ten Player of the Year. I know Keegan Murray's been terrific at Iowa, but I think it's got to be Johnny Davis at this point in time. Mike, we talked about this Frank Schraub earlier in the year. None of us thought this Wisconsin team was going to be this good. I thought it was a borderline tournament team. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at this team, 15 and 2, and what they've been able to do ever since that tournament in Las Vegas, this team's been on a roll. The confidence is there. They're playing extremely well. 
I like Bucky Badger. You know, it's funny, Mike. I didn't play this game, and I'm not even sure why I didn't. I still think the way Wisconsin defends is going to be a real problem for Michigan State, who's inconsistent in terms of shooting the basketball. Um, I like Bucky Badger at home. Uh, are you tempted here to lay uh, lay two and a half here? Are you going to wait? And if see it's at two and a half, I'll definitely take it. Okay. I mean, even three is a good play for me. I just, I don't know. I, I just had a little bit of apprehension apprehension on this one. Okay. The earlier game at four p.m. Pacific, uh, seven o'clock local time from the Xfinity Center in College Park. See 17th ranked Illinois traveling to Maryland. Illinois suffered their first conference defeat at home on Martin Luther King Day Monday. Double overtime loss to Purdue. Illinois comes in at 13-4 and four and 6-1, and one, tied with Wisconsin atop the Big Ten. Maryland struggled tremendously. You said this early in the year. Turgeon's in trouble. This isn't a great team. They're 1-6 and six in conference play. Just 9-9 nine and nine overall here. But the move here is no Kofi in this game for Illinois. No Kofi Cothburn. Um, this number was eight overnight, now down to um, four and a half I've seen in some spots. Is the move of three and a half points justified, and does it trigger a play on Maryland for you? Uh, it does not necessarily trigger a play on Maryland, because remember in that game against Purdue, Coburn got into tr- foul trouble in the first two, three minutes of the second half. Illinois navigated that game, and I think they're used to playing with him sometimes getting into foul trouble. I think this is a good opportunity for Maryland. Without the big man in there, it changes the dynamic in terms of the clean looks they get from the perimeter potentially for Illinois. I still feel like this number's a little bit high. Look, I know Illinois has gotten off to a good start. It feels like every game has been in Champaign so far for them. I don't view them the same way I view Michigan State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and potentially Purdue. You put Michigan State above Illinois, and you're not a big believer in Michigan State this year. Yeah, I, I absolutely think when you look at this league... Right now, I think probably the two best teams in this league are Wisconsin and Ohio State. And then I think you look at Michigan State and Purdue on that second line, and they're not far behind those teams. And then I think Illinois, who is not too far behind these other teams. I know they've gotten off to a fast start, but I want to see as they play more road games. Maryland right now is on that below that Michigan level. Right, like they're just struggling. They're not a tournament team. They're going to be lucky if they make the NIT. I can't get beyond. I, I thought I was going to be a Purdue backer this year. I laid off that game yesterday. I know. Wes Reynolds and Maddie Humans were on Indiana at home getting the three and a half to break that losing streak. The, the end of game situations, Purdue, not good. They had a three point lead with a minute and a half to go in that game, end up, end up losing the game by three, but, I think. But you know what happens? This team always takes bad shots at the end of the games. I, I've said this all along. They've got a ton of talent. They should be able to make a deep run. I just don't think Matt Painter, and, and Purdue won't do anything about it. Matt Painter is not the guy to get you to a Final Four. Gene Cady never made it, but this yeah. is not the guy to get you there. All right, uh, at 3 o'clock Pacific time on CBS Sports, we have a matchup in the MAC at the Convocation Center in Athens, Ohio. We just said that the Michigan State-Wisconsin was a, a battle at the top of the Big Ten. This is a battle at the top of the MAC. Amal, Toledo at Ohio. Toledo comes in 6-1 and one in conference play, 14-4 and four overall. Ohio undefeated still, 5-0 and 14-2, oh and and the home team, the Bobcats of Ohio. Lane four and a half here with a total of mall up from the overnight of 146 and a half to 149. I tell you what, this Toledo team was very good last year. They're good again this year, as you alluded to, coming in at 14 and four. Mm-hmm. Shoemate was terrific in last season, still doing a terrific job this year, averaging 15 points a game. Balanced Toledo team, Mike, four double digit scores. I was looking at this game up and down. Uh, you look at this team, uh, Ohio at home, generally very tough. So far this year, I believe they're nine and zero. Oh. 
Toledo has struggled a little bit on the road, four and four. However, I would point out the fact that when you look at their losses on the road, uh, no shame in losing at uh, Kent State, who's a generally a competitive team. I don't think Kent's as good as they've been in years past. At Richmond, no problem there. Losing at Michigan State. I mean, this is a pretty good team, and Oakland is doing extremely well as uh, in the horizon. This is a tough game to call. The points, I think, are at a premium here, even though it's going to be a high-scoring game. I, I think if you're taking this one, you look at Toledo in four and a half. I think either side can come out with a victory here. I like this Ohio Bobcats team. Uh, just tough to play. Okay, one more game here. This game is on ESPN2 at 4 p.m. Uh, St. Bonaventure's at Duquesne in the Atlantic 10. The Bonnies, 2-1 and one in lead play, 10-4 and four overall. Duquesne, 1-2 and two and 6-9 and nine overall. The Bonnies, lane 5.5 on the road here, Amal. Yeah, both teams coming off in their last games, losses to Dayton. Bounce back opportunity here for uh, St. Bonaventure. I think the number's a little bit high. I don't want to lay it. Duquesne can shoot the ball well. The problem is they don't defend particularly well. I think St. Bonaventure is going to be effective in terms of moving the basketball and scoring. And what's the total you have on this one? Uh, 136.5? Yeah, 136.5. You know, Mike, I thought this number was a little bit high. I know the Dukes can get up and down, but I I feel like St. Bonaventure will play far better defensively than they did in Dayton. All right, when we come back, Amal, let's do this a little bit different. Let's give our picks in this segment, have time to explain our weekend plays and any final thoughts on the four divisional matchups. And then, and then in the last segment, we can talk a little bit more college basketball, some NBA and the NHL. All that coming up next, Odds On. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. You know, Amal, it's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on Championship Weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage. I'll say it again 56 hours of free video coverage on VSIN.com, leading into our sixth annual live. Big Game BetCast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after all the action on vsin.com. Mike Palm, Amal Shaw here on Odds On. I need to see the whole schedule. People are making their Sunday services plans around who's on at what time on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, I thought we were referring to the game on Monday, April 4th. Can't wait. No, no, big no. Game National no, Championship. No, I thought no, we were talking no, that's about. That's Bet Bash. We got the big Bet Bash here. <laughs> got it. They're all going to be watching here at the book. All right. Let's do plays. Uh, you hit your tennis parlay yesterday. Yeah, uh, got there last night. Uh, Madison Keys in the uh, third set, winning a tiebreaker. By the way, it was funny. Um, <laughs> I'm on the phone, and I, I hear the commentator go, you know, I've never said this before. She's got eight match points because they play the super tiebreaker in the third set. She was up 9-1 to one or 9-2, to two, whatever it was. Eight match points. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was 9-1. to one. Uh, So uh, obviously gets there comfortably in that one in the in the super tiebreaker. So you, Are you in favor of a super tiebreaker? I or am. You don't like to see him play it out, the well, fifth sets. The, there's two problems. Heat. There's heat. Well, the heat is obviously a factor, but the problem is when you have such a taxing match, we saw it last night with Karatsev and uh, Adrian Manonrino. This match ended this morning at about 6.15, uh, no, actually almost 7 o'clock this morning. These guys played like four and a half hours in a four-set match, and now Manonrino's got to face off against Rafa. I mean, you know what? He might as well just sit there and say, listen, I'm here to collect the check. I'm not even going to play. Let's just move. I mean, it's just so unfortunate. We saw that when Kevin Anderson and John Isner at Wimbledon, and they went into the finals with uh, Anderson going up against Novak, and it was it was a laugher. I mean, the price couldn't be set high enough in that one. Uh, I had Boise State and yeah. Logan, Utah. You disagreed vehemently with the play. 
Just State played well in the first half, got control of that game about uh, six minutes into the game. But Boise rallied in the second half, catching one to win the game outright. Did you see the finish? No, I didn't see the finish. Uh, Utah State's got the basketball, missed a shot. Boise State comes down and hits a three, win the game. I mean, it, it was a tight game. I thought we were going to catch some overtime there, but good win by you, getting that road win. Um, Utah State really in a tailspin right now. We'll kind of pay attention to them as we get into next week. Let's get into the plays right now. In the all-in, I've got the Chiefs minus two against Buffalo. Mike, I think this price is too cheap. If you beat me with Josh Allen on the road twice in Kansas City, you can have my money. I'm going down with Patrick Mahomes. Think about in the last four years. When did you get Patrick Mahomes at this type of price at home? This, this team, I think, defensively, I'm not going to sit there and say they're good. I think they're they're solid. I think they've played well against some weaker opponents, but I think they can get just enough of the stops, and I think Mahomes makes enough of plays in the clutch to win. Four years ago, the AFC Championship game where Brady beat Mahomes in Arrowhead in overtime. What was the number on that game? Was I'm, it Chiefs three? I'm guessing yeah. three or three I think and a half. This is the cheapest price on them because we've seen them at seven or more in the AFC Championship games the last two Well, years. against Kansas City, they were, I'm sorry, not Kansas City, against uh, Houston. Houston. Yeah, they were around. They were, they were a touchdown against Tennessee, I thought, too. Yeah, they were. Yeah. I mean, took care of business yeah. comfortably there. And then Tennessee on Saturday, minus three and a half against the Bengals. I like yeah. them in this spot here. I, I think they're a more complete football team. You know, I think the one thing that's going overlooked is you don't wind up with the home field advantage in the AFC just by showing up and winning a couple of games. This team is better than they've gotten credit for. Okay, uh, let's flip to the the playbook. I have four two-unit plays and one one-unit play. I'll start out tonight on the ice. Pan- the Panthers last night, this team is good, Amal. We haven't talked a lot of hockey in the show. Florida, very good. They went 6 nothing in Edmonton. Now they're back-to-back in Vancouver, but I don't know if you saw. Thatcher Demko out there, ravaged by uh, inj- by, by COVID. COVID yeah. They had to call up both their minor league goaltenders. Not sure which one's going to play tonight. I'll take the Panthers and lay. This line went from minus 110 to minus 220 uh, on the straight on the money line. I'll lay the goal and a half plus 120. You know, Tampa used to be the team you'd lay a goal and yeah. a half with, or Colorado. Mm-hmm. I think this Florida Panthers team is one you could do that very comfortably with. You look at these games, it'll be 1-1. Next thing you see, it's 5-1 Florida. That game at Edmond was 0-0 into the second period last night. They went 6 nothing. <laughs> there you go. 0-0 was 2 nothing, and then 6 nothing. Um, tomorrow in the, the EPL, this Wolverhampton team, and you, you've talked about this goaltender size, very, very good. They're playing great right now, Wolverhampton. They don't give up any goals. They are at Brentford. Remember, Brentford had the great start. They won their first couple games after promotion. Everyone was excited. Not so much after that, and uh, especially in this calendar year. I'll take Wolverhampton on the road at Brentford. This is a pick 'em, minus one twenty-five. This is not a three-way bet. And the three-way, they're like plus one sixty. If this is a push, you get your money back. Pick 'em, minus one twenty-five. Um, I would go under two and a half, but it's a flat two, and I couldn't find a two and a half here. I would agree with you if it's a two. Uh, yeah. Wolverhampton, it seems like they always wait for Traore to get up front. If he can't do anything, then they kind of just peel back, play defense. And I think against Brentford, they'll have some opportunities here. You know, one thing real quick on the Premier League, Mike, the problem has become, it's become like college football, right? Like you've got Man City, you've got Liverpool, maybe you'll have a Chelsea appearance. I know they did well in the Champions mm-hmm. League, but... It's, it's like college football. You've got Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Ohio State, whomever, whatever. It's like a handful of teams, and everybody else is just trying to face, make sure they don't get relegated or to get into Europa. Man, you is not even in the upper echelon anymore. Nope. So it's, re- it's really, you, but those two teams you said are clearly the elite and Man City running away with it again this year. Yeah, the, the bankroll that these guys have in terms of the money, it, it's just so vast compared to some of these smaller clubs. By the way, we need, I know it'll never happen, but we need relegation so bad stateside in some of the sports. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, and then into the uh, divisional picks. I'm with you. We've talked about this. Yeah. I think the Titans match up well. I like Vrabel here with the coaching advantage. 
people, I think, are underselling the week off, the buy in the home field. I'm with in this you. Spot. This spot, Cincinnati's a tremendous story. I give them a lot of credit. Burrow's been great. Chase has been great. I think Tennessee moves the ball on this team. Unless Tannehill implodes, I can't see. I cannot see the Bengals coming away with a victory here. 49ers, I took plus five and a half against the Packers. Uh, I talked about this yesterday. You look at what Cleveland did in Green Bay. Green Bay has not been impressive the back half of the year. In fact, when Wes was on, when you were out, when you went to, uh, to New York for Christmas, I mean, every day he talked about how fortunate Green Bay's been in, in winning and covering these games all throughout the year. I don't think they're as dominant as they were in the regular season last year. I think you can run the ball in them. I think this is actually a great matchup for the 49ers. I don't have a problem with this play with the points with San Francisco. Yeah. I believe Green Bay wins the football game, yeah. but I think the number can be a bit tricky. And remember, San Francisco has done extremely well against the Green Bay Packers the last several years. We talk about teasers a lot. Yeah, I don't really like teasers this weekend. You might like it to tease Green Bay down, but now it's down to five and a half. The only game I could possibly see teasing is the Rams. And that's going to be my final one-unit play. I'm going to take the Rams with three. Um, look, I think Stafford's going to play well. I do, too. Uh, I, he's never been in a situation where he has a running game and a defense like this. Um, if, if Stafford doesn't turn the ball over, they're winning this game. I think this is a field goal game either way. Look at all the weapons Brady's lost. I don't think the Rams are necessarily going to be able to run the ball, but I think they will try to run to keep balance here in this, in this so that they can't just try to concentrate on Stafford here and drop everybody back. I also think the Rams have the advantage in the special teams of all. I think they have a better punt return game. I think they have a better kick return game. And it might come down to this. I don't love the play, but you give me a full field goal, I think it's worth a bet. I tend to agree with you, and I think the Rams' defense is going to be able to really negate Mike Evans, and we're going to have to see who steps up, and then can you run the ball with Keyshawn Vaughn against this Rams team. I don't believe the Rams are going to have that much success on the ground either themselves, but I do believe Cooper Cup and OBJ have a pretty effective day against the Buccaneers. My thoughts on the Bills' Chiefs. Um, I said yesterday this game's a referendum if you bet Tampa Bay and Los Angeles Rams, it's a referendum on Stafford. I really sort of think that this game in Arrowhead is a referendum on Josh Allen. Well, I hear what you're saying, but I, I feel like Josh Allen right now, he's a very good quarterback. I love his mobility, big, strong guy. But he's kind of in that era where it's, and I'm not going this far, but it's like, it's almost like, you know, when you're trying to win a title and you're coming out of the Eastern Conference mm -hmm. and Jordan was there, it's like, you're great. You're going up against MJ. friend of ours made a point about that against a, a, a similar point, not necessarily about MJ, but about the Bengals, and that, you know, to come up in the NFL, you have to have some playoff pain along the way, right. just like in the NBA. 100%. The NBA is so yes. systematic in the way you have to struggle to finally get Absolutely. over a hump. It's, they're not one-hit wonders in the NBA, right. right? Cincinnati hasn't had any playoff pain, right? right. They've played one playoff game and, and, and one at home against the Raiders in a tight game. Uh, so I'll take the Rams here in this spot. I want to... Turn your attention to the Australian Open. Sure. You gave out your first play yesterday. I want to talk about the future markets. Let's start on the women's side because I think you have the strongest opinion here. Right now, Ash Barty is your favorite at plus 125. Halep, plus $6. Igus Witek, plus 650. Well, I tell you what, I don't like Barty at 125. I think the price is a little bit low, but she is playing tremendously well. Remember, She's a native of Australia, so this is going to be a big deal. She's won Wimbledon. She's won the French Open. This would be a huge feather in her cap. Obviously, the crowd will be behind her in every match, and she's just been breezing through these matches. Last night takes out Camilla Georgie in no problem straight sets. Uh, Halep, I, I would take Simona in a minute. My concern with Halep is a little bit of injury. She is not 100% completely to where Halep has been, 
Well, let me tell you, there, there's nobody out there. When you look at her, you're not going to be overwhelmed with her size and her power, but she just makes plays. Another person, multiple Grand Slam champion. She's dangerous. Igva Sviatek, I don't like on this surface particularly. I like Paula Badosa. I think at 12-1, to 1, she's a good long shot here. Uh, Victoria Azarenka has won this tournament twice, almost a decade ago. Uh, she could be somebody to pay attention to. How about Anna Samova last night? Beating Naomi Osaka. Here's the problem with Anna Samova. She's got to get through Barty in her next match. She's capable of doing it, but I think Barty's different. I think she's more consistent than Osaka, uh, uh, so I wouldn't take her there. Uh, I don't mind Osaka also. I think she was 20 to 1. Yeah. All right, when we come back, the men's side of the Australian Open, the NHL, the NBA, and some college basketball matchups on Saturday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. Before the break, we talked about futures on the women's side of the draw in the Australian Open. Let's switch to the men's side. Obviously, no joker opens the field up. Medvedev is your favorite right now at plus 125. Zareva, say it. Andres, Alexander Zareva. Zareva. Yeah. Please, plus 350. Rafa's $4. And then a big break. Sinner, 14 to 1. Sissipas, 16 to 1. Gael Monfi, 20 to 1. Rublev, 25 to 1. The big, wait a minute. The big shocking upset last night. Berrettini beats. Alcaraz, everyone's favorite to win the tournament. He's 25 to 1 as well. Was I believe that was being played on Margaret Court uh, Arena. Was that a clay court? No, it was not. Oh, it was not. Okay, then it's not not. a surprise, okay? No, it was not. Matteo Berrettini is a monster server, (laughs) 6'5". I don't even believe he's Italian. I don't remember the last Italian that was 6'5". They went to the super tie break as well. 10 to 5 in the super tie break. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great five-set match. Uh, Berrettini, I think, had a two-set to none lead. Blew it. Yes, he did. um, Give Alcaraz credit. This kid's going to be tremendous. Keep an eye on him for the French Open. But there's a difference on clay as you get to the hardcore surfaces. Big difference. Remove everybody on that list outside of the top three. Okay. It's going to be the three guys you mentioned. Daniil Medvedev, uh, Zverev, and Rafael Nadal. Nadal has won this tournament, 
I believe, just once, but he's been to the finals five times. He's lost, but against Novak. Novak owned uh, Australia. I think he's uh, won it eight or nine times down there. Nine here. times. He was nine going times. for his tenth title if they would have full, let him play. Full Ferris Bueller here, huh? Nine <laughs> times. Um, you know, when you look at the, him not being in the in the draw, it changes everything. Daniil, now that he's won at the U.S. Open, I think the fact that he can get over the hurdle at the major, he's tremendous. His defense, he can serve, he can do it all. Zev has got to get through. He had a tremendous finish at the Olympics, but winning at the major is a little bit different. Rafa's 35 years old, still tenacious as ever. This is a great opportunity for him. Um, I think he would face Zev in the quarters. I, I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look at the draw. But real opportunity for him here. I don't think the rest of the field is going to get through. They'll make a push. Somebody will have an opportunity to become a semifinalist. But I just don't believe any of these guys will play consistent enough tennis against the big three right now of this tournament to be able to get through. Okay. Do you have any specific plays that you're you're on today? Now, I know you didn't give them out, but you personally, in uh, your own portfolio, Amal. Well, <laughs> <laughs> i got to check with my guy yeah, at Merrill yeah. right now, see what the portfolio is doing. But more importantly... I, I'm looking at Alize Cornet at minus 130 today, and then Marketa Bondrusova against Ariana Sabalenka, on both of these on the women's side, Mike, because you and I have talked about this, and you brought up the point about Pam Shriver talking about Ariana Sabalenka. For people that are not familiar, there, Sabalenka is a top three, top five player in the world uh, out of Belarus. Really, probably the most powerful hitter on the women's side, her and Madison Keys. But she has developed the case of the yips. 70, and I'm not mistaken in the number, 7-0 double faults in the last four matches. Mike, just put it from a point standpoint, okay? You need four points to win a service game, right? Think about that. She's given away 17 and a half service games on her serve in the last four matches. It's going to be tough to win. The fact that she's actually gotten to the third round is mind-boggling. What was the price on that that you're fading her tonight? A, a 155 on Vondrasova. The other side with Sabi is about 135. Okay. All right. I want one more college basketball game today that we haven't talked about, and then a couple of the bigger matchups this weekend. Mountain West game tonight at 8 o'clock Pacific time yes. from Reno. Uh, uh, Fresno State against UNR. Fresno State 3-1 and one in league play, 13-4 and four overall. Nevada 2-2, two and 8-7. Two, and seven. This game was a pick overnight. Looks like it's moved to 1.5 in favor of the Wolfpack with a total of 135. Amal. Are you looking to fade Steve Alford tonight? I am not actually. You know what? I, I forgot to give Britain in the plays. I took this play. Uh, I like Nevada at okay. home here. And last night in the overnight, the opener was plus two. Couldn't believe. Three and a half point move. Yeah, but I couldn't believe Fresno State opened up as a road favorite. You know, outside of Orlando Robinson, the big man, and I think it's going to be a challenge for the Wolfpack to slow him down. He's going to get 20 tonight. But the question is, can everybody else step up? I think Nevada bounces back in this matchup. I, was it the last game was against uh, Wyoming. They lost. Wyoming played well in the second half. I like the Wolfpack here uh, in this game against Fresno State. Mike, I, I was just shocked that Fresno State, there's no way they should be opening up as a road favorite here. Okay, let's hit a couple of the bigger games this week. And let's start out in the Big 12 at 9 o'clock uh, Pacific time, 11 o'clock local time out in Lubbock. Huggy Bear takes the West Virginia Mountaineers to play Texas Tech. Texas Tech, 13 and 4, 14 and 4. Huggins 13-4. Texas Tech, remember, after that gauntlet of games, up to being ranked 18th in the country. Going to go guns up here, but I think this number is going to be high. You're probably going to see a number somewhere in that uh, 8-9 to nine range. I thought it might even touch 10. 10? Yeah, yeah. That's, I kind of feel that way as well. Who did Texas Tech play earlier in the week? They, were, they had an 8.5-point number against Iowa State, right? Uh, uh, yeah, they blew them out uh, in Lubbock. Yeah, they won by 12, so I think the number will probably be a little bit higher yeah. here or comparable. Um, if Mike, if this number, I don't know what this total is going to be, but this could be a defensive game. West Virginia can't shoot. Texas Tech plays tremendous defense. 
And Mountaineers can uh, create some problems for you as well. Yeah, West Virginia coming off uh, the loss to Baylor uh, on Monday. It was a game that was pretty high scoring, in fact. All right, here's probably the feature game of the weekend. This game is going to be on CBS at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Your Kentucky Wildcats. Yes, yes, absolutely. You're ranked 12th in the country. They go to Auburn to take on Bruce Pearl's second-ranked Auburn Tigers. What a great matchup here, Amal. Uh, Kentucky, after that loss to LSU, has has run off four straight, including the six-point victory in College Station on Monday night. Auburn's done it all. They've won in Mississippi. They've won in Alabama. They've won at South Carolina. They beat Florida handily at home. 17-1 17 and 1 on the season. First things first, what's the number on this game? Three. Two and a half or three. I think it's two and a half. Okay. In favor of Auburn. Yes. This is a huge game for Auburn because I'm looking at their schedule, Mike. They go on the road the rest of the conference play. They don't go to Kentucky. They don't have to go. They do go to Tennessee. They go to Florida. Uh, they get AM at home and they're at the at the hump at Stark Vegas and at Arkansas. Arkansas is not as good. And by the way, they get that scrimmage at Georgia. Um <laughs> I'm going to tell you, this is a huge, great game for Tom Crean's team. I believe they win this basketball game. I believe Kentucky enacts revenge in the SEC tournament. But I think this this team is outstanding. They win this basketball game. They win the regular season. They're going to be a one seed. They've got a great opportunity. The one thing is, though, you cannot turn the basketball over against a team like Kentucky. Kentucky's balanced. They do things well. They're going to rebound. But Auburn, that crowd is loud. I feel like it's going to be like playing against the Washington Wizards on your home floor. I think we're going to have assistant coaches knocking balls away in this game for Auburn. You talked about it yesterday. You said the crowd is over you. It is going to be a challenge here. If you're Kentucky, you got to get off to a fast start. If you fall behind in this game, it is going to be very difficult despite the experience of Kentucky and the talent. Uh, I'm going to go with the Tigers here. I think they win a tough, hard-fought game somewhere probably between that 4-8 to eight range. Are you going to lay the points? I am not, because I believe Kentucky's very capable of winning this game. I, I feel like Auburn's going to win this game, but if you said you say to me, you send me a text tomorrow after you say, hey, Kentucky won that game, are you surprised? No, I'm not. I think these are two terrific basketball teams. I think Kentucky's a little bit better, but Auburn being at home changes the dynamic here. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma State uh, at the Irwin Center in Austin. That's at 11 o'clock on ESPN2 Pacific time, 1 o'clock local time. Remember, two weeks ago, Oklahoma State beat Texas and Stillwater pulling away late in the second half, 64-51 as a dog in that game. What's the number here, and do you like a side? I think this is going to be, uh, we're going to see Texas probably about, a, what, an 8-9 point favorite? I think that's high. You think it's I'm high? Really, what do you think re- it's going to be? I don't know. They Did they score in the last four minutes against Kansas State? The other <laughs> they were up by four. I thought they were up like six. They, Amal, it was like 63-59, and they lost 66-65. Was, they better scored Two points. I mean, I, I know they defend, but can they score down the stretch? Great question. I, I, think this, I think this number is six. Okay, it was seven and a half at Texas Tech. I would probably still have Texas ahead of Texas Tech, and if you don't, yeah. that's fine. I don't have a problem yeah. with that. Uh, I'll go with your number six and a half. Let, let's All go right, six, six and, and a half. I'm going to tell you, you said this the other day with the Kansas State game, and you were right. Are they going to guard them when they come off the plane? You better believe they're going to be guarding these guys when they get off the plane because Texas, that home loss against Kansas State, unacceptable right now. they got to get back on track here. I think Oklahoma State, who had a great win at home against TCU the other day, is going to struggle offensively in this game. I think you will see one of Texas's best offensive performances of the year. Mike, if you can get a number at 125, 126 on this total, I would take a look at the under in this game. Remember last time they went to 115, and, and that I don't have that total on me, but... I think this is going to be a game where Oklahoma State really struggles to score. Okay, a couple of NBA games tonight. Quick thoughts. Clippers are at the 76ers. 76ers laying eight and a half of them all. 
I'll tell you this, Joel Embiid doesn't score 50 in about 27 <laughs> minutes tonight. But um, uh, Clippers coming off that tough loss in Denver. Uh, no play here at eight and a half. Bulls at box. Bulls were on that that losing streak. They righted the ship against the Cavs the other night. Milwaukee, ten and a half point home favorite. No Zach Levine, no Lonzo Ball. Uh, this team is banged up right now. Milwaukee's going to win the game. I, I'm not the type of guy to lay ten. Nets at Spurs. Nets laying two and a half on the road. This is interesting. Remember Brooklyn without Kevin Durant in the lineup. I think Joe Harris out as well. Um, it's going to it's a pick 'em right now, Mike. I would lean towards Brooklyn here. Okay, one game in the NHL I want to talk about. Rangers at Hurricanes tonight. Rangers playing very well. They rallied from a two-goal deficit the other night to win. It's going to be Georgiev probably against Freddie Anderson. You take the Rangers at plus 175. I do take a shot yeah. with them. Too high of a price, even though nobody talks about the Hurricanes. Terrific team in the East. All right, stay tuned to Visa. And up next, it's betting across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 